What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. It is a pleasure to be back with you guys Monday morning broadcasting from Donald Trump's bathroom. Because after seeing the footage of the way that Donald Trump gets to take his glorious shits, I too want to shit from a chandelier under a chandelier. Who the fuck is so rich that they get to take shits under a chandelier? That's what this story should be about, and how they raided Donald Trump's home and took his bathroom reading materials. Joke's on them. You know why? I bet these are phony files. I bet when Donald Trump sat down right there, just like this, to take a turd, he would open up one of these fine boxes, and it would be fiction that he had written about the glorious wall that he built, or the trade agreements that he got done with China. That's what he would do. He would sit down and he would read his own fiction and files about how great his presidency actually was. And this is how you get confidence. I, I, I'm saving up. You know what? We're going to start a Patreon, not just for the uh, continuing uh, uh, studio expansions, but because this is my new dream in life is to take shits from a chandelier. We've all been wondering how Donald Trump is such a confident individual, and we just figured it out. Because I bet if at the exact moment you're pushing out last night McDonald's, and you're staring up while your asshole, your, your sphincter's actually opening up, you're releasing a turd, and if at the exact moment you're releasing a turd, you look up and you see the glistening of light off of a chandelier, you gotta feel great about yourself for an entire day. I'm sure anyone says anything to you at any point in time, and you're saying, I don't need this, I'm taking shits under chandeliers, okay? Is he so rich he just had an extra chandelier sitting around? They're like, hey, what do you want to do with this other chandelier? He's like, I don't know. Hang it from the bathroom. Except this bathroom, other than the chandelier, looks like it could be in someone's bungalow. Like, that's not great uh, shower curtain right there. I also don't understand why he had the toilet lowered. I don't know if you noticed it. It's a very low toilet, which has me thinking that he probably had quite a few turds that he stepped up from and accidentally hit his head into the chandelier. I bet even he had moments where he's like, who the fuck put a chandelier here? They're like, sir, you did. You very specifically told us you wanted a chandelier in the bathroom. Well, then, can you lower the lower the toilet? I'm going to need a lower toilet if I'm going to be shitting under chandeliers. And so here you go. They're yelling about how this is the most dangerous man because he took the country's most important files and they're insecure, not secured. And by the way, for all the talk of the, about the files being insecured, I bet Donald Trump's bathroom is probably the, the most uh, secure place on the entire compound. If you're a super rich guy and you got a private bathroom, you're not letting one near your private bathroom. If I had multiple billion dollars and then I had a place like Mar-a-Lago and I had my own private bathroom, that's where all the security staff would be. But here you go. They're saying that he's got the most important files, things that could be leaked to other countries. And then the picture includes uh, public newspapers. I guess highly classified public news articles that include secrets that could kill us all. There they are, right in that box, exposed for all of us to see. Remember, if anyone sees the contents of these boxes, this entire country is doomed and over. We can't just have these boxes sitting. Well, I guess some of the boxes might actually be filled with just nonsense. We don't actually know. We've got a huge problem here. Just to recap, just so everyone has clarity over why Donald Trump's been indicted over documents that were in his home. There are massive amounts of files that may or may not be important. No harm was done, but there was the possibility that harm could be done. And how are any of us supposed to evaluate these when we don't even know what's inside the boxes? We don't even know why he wants any of the boxes. We actually have no idea if any of this is important or matters in any capacity whatsoever. Remember, at the beginning of this thing, he has the nuclear secrets in his house. You mean the pictures you're exposing to me that are filled with public newspaper articles? That apparently you can show me the contents of that box, so they're not all filled with important documents. And we know that you guys will classify everything just so that no one knows what the hell is going on in government. Any conversation happens. Hey, we can't be talking about that. That was a classified conversation you're referring to. But it's the symbolism of these documents we don't even know about that contain information that of course could be dangerous, but wasn't actually dangerous, was never used in a dangerous way, but it wasn't returned when we demanded it. That's what this was actually about. It's not the fact that he had documents. They all have documents. Joe Biden's been keeping documents right next to his Corvette. Even Mike Pence had to return some documents and he's the most boring man that ever existed. So all these people, you know, they're holding on to some documents. That's the way that they work. Except Donald Trump didn't return the documents 
when it was demanded of him, which is proof once again that the most powerful players in Washington, D.C. are clearly the librarians of the presidential records. The organization's so secret, none of us have even heard of it. Who's working at this fucking library? Is that where the lizard people are? Do they take all the lizard people and they give them the OCD task of pretending like they got to keep... So, like, that that's the deal. Like, they, they're fucking OCD where they're like, we got to keep perfect files. Perfect files. And as long as we can have all the perfect files, everything neatly organized, you guys can continue to have your country and pretend like you're in charge and we're not ruling the world. Aliens have actually already come to Earth. And the only thing they care about is keeping perfect presidential records. And so, you know, you want to go bomb some third world country. You want to print money that we don't have. You, you want to go start wars with Putin so that you can run money back to yourself. They know the lizard people, the overlords, the aliens, no one, they don't give a shit about anything. But the one thing you can't do is keep files that we requested for too long. That is just not going to be an option. That's not going to work for us. All right. Now, I, I was thinking about this and I kind of think there's a... Uh, you're, uh, um, there, there's like two ways I think you could be, uh, thinking about this. And I see the chat's very active. So I'll take some comments in the chat sh shortly, but there's something to be said for I'm the boss and I took it. If the policy is that a president can make anything declassified and he has the authority to declassify anything. And then I think because of the presidential records act and Clinton in his sock drawers, you're allowed to keep information. So wouldn't it be the very fact that you took the files when you left? I guess it's really, to me, it's almost a conversation of did he leave with the files while he was still president or did he wait till after he was president? Because if he left with the files while he was still president, wouldn't that very action of, hey, I'm keeping these files be indicative of the fact that they are now declassified? Like that was the action. I took them. It's my choice whether or not these are classified or declassified. I decided to take them home with me, so they're no longer classified. I get to keep them. And you're the boss, you know? So people could be like, well, that's not the protocol. Well, is that is that a law or just the librarians telling me that I need to actually formally declassify it? Because if not, I'm taking them. Well, you need to sit down and do this paper. Well, I'm in charge here. You guys can go figure out the paperwork part. That's the nice part about being the boss. I don't got to do the paperwork part. You guys can figure out the paperwork. I'm taking the files. And then... If supposedly, well, these things are so dangerous, you'd think you'd have the courtesy. If the guy was the president, you think that the things are dangerous. Well, then you could secure the bathroom facility where he's keeping it. You can actually put armed guards outside. You can put cameras up. You can put lasers. I don't know what technology the CIA has to protect important documents, but I'm sure if Donald Trump really wanted to keep them in the bathroom with all the resources that we have, you probably could have figured out how to do so. Maybe even the librarians could have came in, scanned all the documents that they could have had a record for their own little OCD library, and then he could have kept them in the bathroom. And once again, we don't even know what was in these. I'm still going with the, of the opinion that this was Donald Trump personal fan fiction that he had writers write for him, put into official files that when he was taking shits, he could read about how great he was. Look at the chandelier and the way the light glistens while he's dropping a turd and then feel really good about himself. I mean, we're out here trying to solve the mystery of Donald Trump and how he has the confidence that he has. And I think that this is the best theory that anyone's put forward other than the fact that he might be spending most of his day in the bathroom snorting Sudafed. Maybe he's keeping the Sudafed in these boxes. Or maybe this is the recipe for the secret Donald Trump Sudafed. All right, let's get back into the train of thought, which was actually breaking down this issue of that if the guy's in charge and he's got the power to declassify items and he took it with him, like, at first when he was saying, well, I thought it, I was like, yeah, well, that's nonsense. There's probably a protocol. But then I went, yeah, they're boss. And it's not just that you thought it. You actually took the action of taking it. So by the virtue of the fact that you took it, you've indicated the fact that you no longer think that these documents should be declassified or that you're proclaiming your right to keep them, which I would think you could do. And as being the boss or the prior boss of the company, you'd think that they could have the courtesy to work with you and not go, well, you got to do this all on our schedule. Why? Why is it so important? And if it was so, and if these materials are oh so dangerous that Donald Trump couldn't possibly keep them within his possession, then go secure them. And then I guess that, like the flip side is that they want to say, well, if he kept these things and he's so inept that he left around uh, important materials in a dangerous way, then it could have fallen in, could have fallen into the wrong, could have, would have, should have. 
I mean, he was the president for four years. He had access to all this information. I don't think he was just sending the secrets to China. I don't think he was calling up Putin and going, hey, here's your path for invading here. I don't think he did anything treasonous. So th this yelling about the possibility that the information could have been dangerous and led to danger, and clearly he's inept. He already did the job for four years. It's almost like, imagine if you were a heart surgeon with wobbly hands. That doesn't seem like the right job for a heart surgeon. I would still probably take you off the job. Maybe that's a bad example, because I was going to say, if the guy keeps on getting away with surgery, I don't know. Maybe if he had the best surgical track record of all times, he'd be like, yeah, I don't understand how when he gets into surgery, he's able to focus and he's got perfect hands. But he's got a four-year track record of doing this perfectly. So I guess it's not a risk. Maybe not the worst example. All right, moving on. Well, actually, yeah, let's move on. And then we could take some comments because I got more on this. Uh, so this is from the news. This is the actual leftist media addressing why it is that we need to be so concerned with Donald Trump and the Donald Trump documents. Let's give it a listen. And that's the critical distinction here between Mr. Trump and former Vice President Pence, President Biden, Secretary Clinton, is that there was no evidence that they willfully concealed material that was national defense information and that they attempted to obstruct the efforts by the National Archives and the Department of Justice to retrieve that information. So there you are. It's just bitching Donald Trump out. It's not the fact that he had it. It's that he didn't return it on the government schedule. And if there's ever been a crime that a prior president needs to be convicted of, it's not returning documents to the OCD lizard librarians so that they could file it at the exact time that they wanted to file it. Once again, everyone's had documents. Just Donald Trump, the guy who was in charge and was voted in, doesn't have the courtesy of not returning documents at a proper schedule. This is how much the, like the, you know, I guess, hey, listen, it goes all the way to the top that if the government has paperwork and they want you to file it at a particular time, there's no fucking around here. There's no wiggle room. Even Donald Trump will go like, you know, when you get yelled at at the DMV, hey, I'm in the wrong line, you're holding the wrong piece of paper. Hey, you didn't send in that tax form. You didn't send in this. It goes all the way to the top. If the government tells you that paperwork's got to be processed at a, at a particular time, even a guy like Donald Trump could be going to jail for such a thing. All right, what else I got? And then and that's, we and had that's the, the, um, uh, the prosecutor, the person who's been assigned to the case, a very serious man. I mean, you want to talk an actor walking out there, had to get into his focus and going, I'm going to show the world just how serious me and my team are. And so here he is. He's talking about that even when it comes to returning paperwork to the United States government on the particular schedule that they want their paperwork back, no one's above the law. Let's give it a listen. Good afternoon. Today, an indictment was unsealed, charging Donald J. Trump with felony violations of our national security laws, as well as participating in a conspiracy to obstruct justice. This indictment was voted by a grand jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. And I invite everyone to read it in full, to understand the scope and the gravity of the crimes charged. The men and women of the United States intelligence community and our armed forces dedicate their lives to protecting our nation and its people. Our laws that protect national defense information are critical to the safety and security of the United States and they must be enforced. Violations of those laws put our country at risk. Adherence to the rule of law is a bedrock principle of the Department of Justice and our nation's commitment to the rule of law sets an example for the world. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Applying those laws, collecting facts, that's what determines the outcome of an investigation. Nothing more and nothing less. I want to pause there. Nothing more, nothing less than the uh, deciding, but you guys being assigned to this. That's the corruption right there. It's like him being like, hey, I'm just a pit bull that was released. And so when I bite someone, that's what a pit bull does. Or kind of like a guy 
they're torturing someone, like you're the torturer, and he goes, well, it's fairly an equal torture once I'm appointed to torture somebody. Like me, I'm just the torture guy. So if you put someone in front of me, I just fairly apply the torture tactics to whoever you put in front of me. Yeah, but why are you torturing this guy? So why were you assigned to this? In other words, he's here, and we're like, we're the best prosecutors that America has. We're serious men, and we take everything extremely seriously. All right, well then why were you assigned to take this one seriously? We get it. You're just a cog in the machine. You're just the serious prosecutor machine that comes in and you fucking digest the information and you give people a hard time because it's your job to give people a hard time and once you get assigned to something it's your your well the point is once you're assigned to them that's the corruption is that you get assigned to any particular thing and then yes i guess from there you guys go it's like the random of an audit i guess once you're being audited by the irs yeah they're just going through the process of being very scrupulous about every single one of your payments. But if Joe Biden calls up the IRS and says, hey, you have to go audit this individual, well, then that's the corruption because they chose to audit you instead of anyone else. Yes, once the audit process starts, it could be that you can fairly apply the audit process to any given individual. And yes, there could be an advanced degree of corruption if for some reason the auditors are more strict with you than they are with somebody else. But the very decision to audit one person instead of another person, unless it's completely random or actually flagged by, uh, you know, that you were deducting everything, that's where the corruption is. So in this case, when of all the crimes that a president has ever committed, you're deciding to go after a person for the crime that they didn't return documents on your schedule, yes, that is corruption. And all this claims of, well, the danger that he could have well, the entire time as president, he had access to all this information. He did nothing dangerous. Well, it could have been dangerous. Well, it sat there for three years. Do you have any proof that anything happened? I would understand. If you could say that there was negligence, that someone actually walked into the facility and walked out with the documents, and so Donald Trump is actually responsible for the following problems that we have. Yeah, you got a bit of a claim that there was negligence, but you got, you got a level relief, like you got a, you're a level away from negligence now. It's like, imagine if in Jurassic Park, I was the guy and I turned off the, the, the electricity on the fence and then the dinosaurs never tested the fence and then we discovered it and we turned it back on and no dinosaurs left. Yeah, I guess you would fire me for the negligence, but there was no, like, you kind of, you got away with it. So there isn't actually a problem there. And it's lucky. Imagine if you actually correct it yourself or you go, listen, oh my God, I leaned on the fence thing and then you turn it back on. You wouldn't go rat yourself out. It's no harm, no foul. No one knows that the thing was down, and now you got the electricity back. So the point I'm trying to make is specific for Donald Trump here. I don't think they're even claiming that any harm was done. They're claiming that there was a possibility of harm because of Donald Trump's access to these documents, which he also had access to prior to him being president. And then the government would have some complicity in this if they knew that these documents were inherently dangerous to be sitting in an unsecure facility and then they waited two years before they came to grab them. So I just bring it back to the point that of all the things we're ever prosecuting someone for, in this case, it is that he did not return documents on the government schedule. And here you got the prosecutor showing up, basically being an actor going, no, I got a serious team and we're taking this more seriously than anyone's ever taken anything. And we're only, it's only equal distribution of the law, except that you weren't selected for Hillary Clinton. Let's go after uh, the email server that James Comey said was reckless. You're not, you're not investigating Clinton's sock drawer. All right, let's listen to a little bit more of this. The prosecutors in my office are among the most talented and experienced in the department. Really? And so why were you guys selected for this one? Department of Justice. They have investigated this case hewing to the highest ethical standards, and they will continue to do so as this case proceeds. It's very important for me to note that the defendants in this case must be presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law. To that end, my office will seek a speedy trial in this matter, consistent with the public interest and the rights of the accused. Consistent with the public interest, you mean half the country that might prefer to vote for Donald Trump? So this is in their, this is in the public interest. 
we very much look forward to presenting our case to a jury of citizens in the Southern District of Florida. In conclusion, I would like to thank the dedicated public servants of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. All right, it's enough of this. Now he's boring me. All of this seriousness, the guy's boring me. All right, Donald Trump, the Presidential Records Act, and Clinton's sock drawer defense. And you know the reason why Clinton made it the sock drawer defense is because you don't want to look through Clinton's sock drawer. Oh, my God, there's some disgusting things. Cigar tubes that have been up and who knows what. Oh, my God, you probably got Hillary Clinton's sperm all over everything. I bet Hillary Clinton jerks off into Bill's socks, puts them in the drawer, and he likes to wear them. I bet that's, I, I bet that's probably the way that works. And that's the reason why he's using cigar tubes and interns is he actually has the vagina in the relationship. And we all know this. We all know this. That's what paved the way for Michael Obama to finally become president while, you know, cucking out uh, uh, Barack Obama. Um, all right. I th- did I have a point on that? I don't think so. Maybe just that dumb joke. All right, what else we got? The most damaging is the audio type that is transcribed in the indictment. On the tape, Trump tells two individuals interviewing him for a book that he has a classified Department of Defense document regarding an attack on Iran. Trump admits that it is secret, and as president, I could have declassified, but now I can't. All right, do we actually have this tape? Because Donald Trump does say dumb shit. Is he just lying to be cool? I mean, did he even have those documents? Do the prosecutors have that documents now? Or did he just hold up some random folder and go, look at how cool I am. I've got the secret plans to invade Iran. I can't show it to you. It's super secret, but it's right here. Because just in case you forgot that I was president and super important, I do have this folder here. And now here's the last thing that I want to showcase to you guys on this is you've got Bill Barr. And I could have scripted this. I saw it coming from a mile away. I think the uh, machine has played a losing hand here where they absolutely are pot committed to not letting Donald Trump become president. They can't let it happen. Now, as to how the best that they can get him on is overclaiming the value of properties for bigger loans and then undergrading it or uh, some sort of a hush money payment to Stormy Daniels or a call to governors to find more, or not the governor, the Atlanta, was it Atlanta or was Georgia? Whatever, the guy facilitating the election to, on paper, investigate the election fraud and see if he can find him a thousand votes. I mean, their circle, you would think you could get Donald Trump on some actual real deal corruption, some Joe Pesci shit of digging a fucking hole in the ground and shoving some corpses in it so that he could take a larger payment from Saudi Arabia on selling a penthouse unit or get some sort of a contract for uh, the waterfront properties that used to be a rail line. I mean, you would think you would find some real heavy dirt on this guy, but no, the things they're taking him down for, I guess, boil down to, hey, you didn't return documents to us quickly enough. And so in this incredible infraction, because the machine, they, I, I, they, they've decided that this is the play. They know that they can't let the guy into office. And for whatever reason, they couldn't get him on the January 6th stuff. I mean, they ran a show panel for three months where they get their lawyers out there. They get everyone out there and they couldn't improve intent there. And it, But they're just 100 because now they know after we found out that the deep state cheated him twice. They st- cheated him the first time when they took up a call from Hillary Clinton and Hillary went... I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but said, listen, we can't, I can't be losing to this Donald Trump guy. We're going to call him Russian intelligence. And I need everyone in the intelligence community to pretend like they've got evidence that this guy is a Russian asset. And we're going to spend two years talking about how he's treasonous and working for Putin. And so they ran that for years. That's all we heard. Mueller investigation. Donald Trump's a Russian asset. Turns out it was paid for information by Hillary Clinton calling up James Comey abusing the FISA courts. And then when we just get about a year away from that bullshit, they go with the fucking COVID stuff right into shutting down the internet, getting even taking Donald Trump off of Twitter over fake information, remember, regarding um, uh, hydroxychloroquine that they were claiming based off a false study that hydroxychloroquine was dangerous to take and then removed Donald Trump's Twitter account over that, and then later took all of the Hunter Biden information off the internet when someone from the Biden campaign called up the head of the CIA and said, hey, listen, we need you to declare that this laptop's disinformation. So he's been thoroughly cheated by the machine, and I think they're aware of the fact that if he gets back into office, 
he might actually come back at them with a vengeance. We're now officially just living in a banana republic where if you get voted into office, you got to use that power to investigate and punish your enemies because they're going to get in and do the same to you. We have changed the rules of the game. And guess who changed it? The Democrats. The Democrats in the deep state and everything that they've done to Donald Trump, they've decided we can't have democracy because if we have democracy and people vote for things that don't include us going to war in the Ukraine, then we don't really have a democracy. Remember, freedom of choice is only freedom with the restrictions that you can't leave your house and go work the job that you like to work because that would be dangerous. And so the only way that you can have freedom is if we can actually keep you in our house to make sure that's the only way that freedom works. We only have democracy if you can't choose candidates that won't pick war. That's not that that wouldn't be a democracy. So it seems like they're all hands on deck in terms of making sure that Donald Trump does not get back into office because they really overplayed their hands. And who knows? Donald Trump might just get into office, take a glory lap, fly around the world, shake hands with people, pretend like he's going to force trade agreements, not build a wall and just enjoy being president for another four years and going, hey, look, I'm a winner. That, that might be all he does. Or he might actually get back at all these people that did him pretty dirty. And I could have written this script. I saw it coming, but we can listen to it first and I'll break it down. Here's Bill Barr commenting on this horrible crime that Trump did, this reckless behavior. The reason the guy who was in charge and had access to all these documents can't have these documents. And, and what proves to be true, but I do think that even half what Andy McCarthy said, which is if even half of it is true, then he's toast. I mean, it's a it's a pretty it's a very detailed indictment, uh, and it's very very damning. And this idea of presenting Trump as a victim here, a victim of a witch hunt, uh, is ridiculous. Yes, he's been a victim in the past. Yes, his uh, adversaries have obsessively pursued him with phony claims. And I've, and I've been at his side defending against them when he is a victim. But this is much different. He's not a victim here. He was totally wrong uh, that he had the right to have those documents. Those documents are among the most sensitive secrets that the country has. He, they have Even I, even I, the guy who defended him in the past, look at this incident where he didn't return supposedly incredibly dangerous documents that we didn't retrieve earlier, even though they would have ended the country if someone had had them, and they can't be in Donald Trump's hands, even though he was president and had access to all of them, and he's got the power to declassify them, and by the nature of the fact that he actually just took them, they should be declassified. But the fact that he didn't return these documents to us exactly when we said he had to is an infraction so bad that even I can't side with him. A member of the deep state who got a call and said, hey, it's finally time for you to play your part in this thing because we can't have him come back to be in the custody of the archivist he had no right to maintain the it. archivist oh my god if the archivist didn't have these documents oh we all know how important it is for the archivist to be able to archive these documents i don't know they almost say it almost sounds like like the there's a uh like i don't know it's like star trek and there's an engine to government and the engine of government actually is what keeps the world revolving around the sun. And unless the archives are kept properly, then the engine will slow down and it might actually get to a point where the earth stop revolving around the sun and then we just dissipate and die. This is the most important thing that's ever happened. We don't understand the real fabric of our reality. And the fabric of our reality is that we put on this television show called uh, the United States government. And if it's not properly filed, the records that were kept with the archivist, the whole thing is going to go away. And Donald Trump was briefed on this. He understands the way the algorithm really works. The men ret retained them and he kept them uh, in a way uh, at Mar-a-Lago that anyone who really cares about national security, would, their stomach would churn at it. And if you cared about national security and you were aware of that and the documents were actually dangerous, why did it take two years to get them? And why couldn't you extend resources to help protect the documents? All seems to make sense to me. All right. And, and, Anything and, left on uh, this particular topic? No. But before we move on, let's take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for just $60. So if you've got boxes like this in your bathroom, good reading material, you like sitting down, relaxing under chandeliers, if you want to start saving up right now so that one day you can take gigantic, juicy 
shits underneath the chandelier? You want to stay up late at night eating mayonnaise and rice and just taking the most glorious of shits underneath the chandelier? Donald Trump's secret for confidence and success right there. You got to start saving money. And you know how you start saving money? By going to YoKratom.com, the only place in the entire world you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for just $60. And if you're fans of the marijuanas over the age of 21 living in states that are illegal, you can go to the sister website, YoDelta.com, and you can get yourself all sorts of gummies. Promo code RYM, you get yourself 20% off. You get all your high, getting high supplies you need for an entire summer. You get to go shopping, vape pens. I like the watermelon slices. I keep them in the freezer, and I just take a little bit of nibbles. All right, uh, everybody, I hope you like, uh, we're officially, I, I bought a replica set. It's not a green screen. I bought a replica set of uh, Donald Trump's bathroom. Uh, I spent my entire life savings on that chandelier right there. I'll be getting a toilet installed later because I will be taking shits underneath this uh, this this chandelier. That is that is my life goal. Uh, but studio improvements, it's not going to happen all at once. But just slowly but surely. I ordered some new supplies. I got an entirely new vision for the people that listen to the show, which is actually the majority of the audience. Just keep listening to the show, and you can keep listening to me talk about visual changes that you guys don't care about. But for those of you out there who are watching the show... We got some big changes coming, some exciting things, some new parts coming, and uh, slowly but surely, at some point you're going to turn around and you'll go, my God, not only is Rob right about everything, not only does he give us advance warning and breakdowns of the world's biggest problems, but this thing is actually more professional looking than even the people over at CNN. All right, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, but apparently... Because uh, I am going to be covering more of like the soft news stuff that I, I managed to waste time and just like click on for no reason. I'm going to do entire segments on things that are now circling around in my head that I don't need to hear about. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Kelly Ripa, when she gets smashed out by her hot uh, boyfriend, who both look way too young. I mean, where's the investigative journalism on why Kelly Ripa and her husband are still super hot? But apparently he'll start talking to her in Spanish and that's considered a kink. Do I need to know that information? No, but I hope that that takes up room in your brain too. I hope you also now just sit in your car, you're spacing out, you're trying to think of your jokes, and now for some reason you're just thinking about Kelly Ripa being smashed out by her husband talking Spanish and why that information needed to be reported to you. I hope that you that also swirls around in your brains. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to pay it forward. It's like when a song's stuck in your head and you got to get it stuck in somebody else's head. When I read stupid bullshit while I'm trying to actually read actual information, I'm going to collect that stupid bullshit and I'm going to insert it into your brain that, so you're stuck with it too. That's what's going to happen. But anyways, it's rumored that uh, Dylan Mulvaney's now uh, dating Tony the Tiger because uh, you know they're both into poisoning kids. That ah, you get it. But Tony had this to say about her fake tits. They're not there. I don't get it. She's doing all this surgery. Why can't she at least get herself some big old titties? And uh, from this angle, I'm talking specifically this angle. Don't look at any other angles. Don't look at Dylan Mulvaney talking. But from this specific angle that they shot her at with Tony the Tiger, you know women are sitting around going, why can't I get that CIA look pretty money? And talk about unrealistic beauty standards. Think about all the suicidal trans girls out there who are thinking to themselves, well, I can never achieve this without a CIA budget and TikTok to go look really pretty and encourage other people to do this. Think about the frustration of all the other individuals out there who would like to identify as a gender other than their own, but they don't have the CIA's backing, uh, you know, to still not look good. But from this angle, kind of working from this angle, I want to be clear, not into it. But from this particular angle, if I never heard of this person before, I didn't know that this was a lady, and you just showed me this picture with Tony the Tiger, I don't think I would think that wasn't a woman. And that's only because of all the CIA money that's ruining the lives of younger kids who now have to live up to unrealistic, transgendering beauty standards of what you can accomplish and the joy that you can have when transitioning but they won't be able to accomplish that because they don't have the CIA money to get it done. All right. Um, and with that, I would like to read the following article. Uh, this came out recently in the uh, Wall Street Journal. It was in the opinion section. So do note that this is a opinion piece. Oh, also Jacksonville this Saturday. We're doing a summer report store. Come out. More dates will be coming up shortly. Uh, I think a lot of times we overthink 
everything that's going on in government, and it just boils down to socialism, and that uh, centralized authority making decisions for everybody just doesn't work. And they have to cover their own ass in order to pretend like it does. Because as long as real information comes out, it just doesn't, it's, it's never in line with the reality that they want to project for us. Uh, and so they need to resort to getting rid of information, basically everything that we saw and the way that we dealt with Corona. And so with that lens, I'd like to read this article, How Ideology Corrupts Science on Gender-Affirming Care. A federal court on Tuesday temporarily blocked enforcement of a Florida law that prohibits the administration of sex change procedures on children under 18. The opinion by Judge Robert Lee Henkel leans heavily on medical and scientific rationales to argue that it is unconstitutional to ban the use of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery on teenagers who feel alienated from their bodies. 20 states maintain age restrictions on sex change procedures, and the problem they face is explaining to judges that Americans' medical associations aren't following the best available evidence. That is known to European health authorities and has been reported in such prestigious publications as the British Medical Journal, but American judges need, see, need some way to evaluate the conflicting scientific authorities, especially as institutions responsible for ensuring that medical professionals have access to high-quality research aren't functioning as they should. A case in point, Springer, an academic publishing giant, has decided to retract an article that appeared last month in the Archives of Sexual Behavior. The retraction is expected to take effect June 12th. Remember during COVID when it was, I think, the Lancet was denying, what was it, natural immunity? And then later they had to turn around and say, oh, yeah, we fucked that one up. Or when people had to retract the hydroxychloroquine article that I said shortly before. So let's continue. The article's authors are listed as Michael Bailey and Susanna Diaz. Mr. Bailey is a well-respected scientist with dozens of publications to his name. The other author writes under a pseudonym to protect the privacy of her daughter who suffers from gender dysphoria. Their new paper is based on survey responses from more than 1,600 parents who reported that their children, who were previously comfortable in their bodies, suddenly declared a transgender identity after extensive exposure to social media and peer influence. Mr. Bailey's and Mrs. Diaz's sin was to analyze rapid onset gender dysphoria, or ROGD. Gender activists hate any suggestion that transgender identities are anything but innate and immutable. Even mentioning the possibility that trans identity is socially influenced or a phase threatens their claims that the children can know early in life they have a permanent transgender identity and therefore that they have broad access to permanent body-modifying and sterilizing procedures. In other words, in trying to prove that kids could make an evaluation or even teenagers, uh, I guess whether or not there were social influences such as if you looked at data of in areas that are highly liberal and parents might be really into the idea of their kids being gender dysphoria, uh, there are higher rates of it. Because if it's really that you just innately know that you weren't born into the right body, uh, now it could be that maybe you try and suppress that if you're in areas that are not welcoming to that point of view. But the actual, even if that was true, the suppression might be healthier because do those people then have better rates of uh, general overall happiness versus the people that went through with transitioning, for one? And for two, it might be a good indicator of the fact that if it's mostly a social cause, then maybe we don't want to encourage it because the encouraging of it, it's not actually the people are waking up and they know it like gravity or the way that you would know anything about yourself just because, you know, I know I have a hand right here because I'm looking at my hand. That's the way they try and describe the gender dysphoria is that I just know that. And, and then why would you have ever been confused about that? If it's as true to you as, hey, I'm looking at my hand because it's right in front of me, then there shouldn't be any confusion about it. And you would think that studies that would be able to prove the fact that it's like, is it that level of truth to you? Like, what exactly are is the confusion or why do you have to be led to the decision? Especially if you consider the fact that we know that uh, people have had false memories instilled in them by psychologists because they basically said, oh, you've got all the symptoms of trauma. There must have been a molestation in your childhood and they keep bringing it up and then people start going, oh, yeah, I must have blacked out an incident of trauma and it never happened. The psychologist actually convinced him of it. The point being, if you have people that are like depressed, autistic, have other issues, and then what 
someone could actually guide them into the decision of thinking it's this, which is a lot different than going, hey, I've got a hand in front of me and this is a hand. That's a lot different than kids just coming forward and going, oh, I actually, like, if you just have a general discomfort and someone needs to walk you through the decision of, oh, well, do you think that the discomfort might be because you were actually supposed to be a boy? That's already a problem. That's not, hey, I'm looking at my hand and there's a hand here. It, it should be an overwhelm. If, if this was true, there should be an overwhelming phenomena and evidence of people actually coming forward completely independent of any social influence or people walking them through the decision with checklists. Oh, do you sometimes like boy things more than girl things? Do you sometimes feel uncomfortable? Have you sometimes imagined what it would be like if you were the other gender? Oh, you must be the wrong. That's walking someone through the decision. That's a lot different than, oh, look, I'm looking at my hand. I have a hand here. And that's the way that they try and pretend like this is, is, oh, I actually knew from, well, then if you just knew it for fact, if you knew it as an absolute truth about yourself and your identity, then why is there higher rates of it in air in areas where they're kind of, where it's not just socially acceptable, but cherished or stated differently, you know, like in tales of the Bible where people get like a message from the Lord and then they realize that they're on a mission from God. Uh, so if you knew in your heart of hearts that you were the wrong gender, like you knew that as an absolute, you just, I got a hand in front of me and I'm looking at my hand. You knew that as an absolute. Do you think even in, if you lived in conservative areas, you wouldn't migrate to the other areas because you knew that that was your truth in your hearts of hearts? All right. That entire tangent aside, take that tangent and shelve it and put it to the side because we're going to go back to this article. And the point of this article is that even as research would come out, that might suggest that this trans ideology is not helping to kids, this article is suggesting that they're suppressing that information. Let's continue. Within days of publication, a group of activists wrote a public letter condemning the article and calling for the termination of the journal's editor. Once again, scientific research. If, if the wrong scientific research comes out, then us having not conducted the study, we have to condemn that. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't understand physics or the theory of relativity, but can you imagine if people were offended by that and then wrote a letter and said, well, that discovery makes us feel, well, that's the evidence. That's, that's what came out. I don't know if it's like if you had a, if you had a leech business and then evidence came out that leeches were actually harmful, would you be able to write a letter to the people that wrote the harmful leech study? Oh, well, that's offensive to our very religious practice of leeches. Well, then good. That's called human evolution is that we make scientific discoveries and then we take the evidence and we go, I'm sorry that that's bad for your business or what you thought your point of view was, but we have actual science here that disproves it. So we're not going to just retract that information. All right. Within days of publication, a group of activists wrote a public letter condemning the article and calling for the termination of the journal's editor. Among the letter's signatories is Marcy Bowers, a prominent genital surgeon and president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health and Advocacy Organization that promotes sex change for minors. Nearly 2,000 researchers and academics signed a counter letter in support of the article. Springer nonetheless decided to retract the paper without disciplining its editor. Springer initially asserted that the study needed approval from an institutional review board, but it's quickly abandoned that rationale, which was false. The publisher now maintains that the retraction is due to improper participant consent. While the respondents consented to the publication of the survey results, Springer insists they didn't specifically agree to publication in a scholarly or peer-reviewed journal. That's a strange and retrospective requirement, especially considered that Springer and other major publishers have published thousands of survey papers without this type of consent. Anyone familiar with this controversy over transgender medicine knows what is going on. Activists put pressure on Springer to retract an article with, con out with conclusions they didn't like, and Springer caved in. We've become accustomed to seeing these capitulations in academia, media, and the corporate world, but it is especially disturbing to see in a respected medical journal. Rather than appreciate the long-term risk to itself and the scientific community from doing the bidding of activists, Springer has instead agreed to evaluate and attract all survey papers that lack the newly required consent. All right, you guys. Oh, wait, there was one more piece, I think might be worth reading. While many Americans have heard news about the wave of states passing legislation that curbs sex exchanges for the young, few realize that an equally fierce and arguably far more important battle is raging, the battle for the integrity of the scientific process. It is a fight for the ability to have censorship-free scientific debate as a means to advocate human knowledge. Uh, all right, next story. But before we do, 
Let's take a moment from our other sponsor, SheathUnderwear.com. Promo code RYME, get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. If you walking around, sweaty nuts, not enjoying your summer, you got to get yourself some SheathUnderwear.com. I swear by it. I wear it nearly every day. Sometimes it's laundry day. I do have a big basket of underwear, and you get to that point where you're out of sheaths, and then you get stuck with your old underwear, and you're like, fuck, I got to do some laundry. So support the underwear that not only supports this show, but will also support your nuts. SheathUnderwear.com, promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off. You'll thank me. You'll be one of these people that shows up to my events, is showing me your sheath strap and going, what's up? And I'm like, you got some sheaths. Let's party. Uh, This is from the New York Post. China has teamed up with a communist ally to spy on the U.S. just 90 miles south of Florida. White House officials confirmed. The country has been operating a spy base in Cuba since at least 2019. That's the other playbook. At first, you deny things. Then you go, yep, it's true, but it was Trump's fault. You're concerned about spy things? Go talk to Trump. It happened under Trump. Then you got, uh, this is from, uh, I forgot who this was from. Uh, it was a TV channel, the uh, Nature whatever one. I forget the name of it. But they jumped right on Arj Skies or the Future. Prepare yourself. Uh, right away. Hey, if uh, you can blame everything on, on global warming. If you want to know why Ukraine's not doing well enough in this war, it's global warming. That's why Putin became more aggressive. It's global warming. The reason why we got so much debt, global warming. Anything ever happens, doesn't matter if uh, Trudeau's out there setting trees on fire. It was global warming. All right. I don't know when this is from. I don't know. Uh, I know that it's not America. I know that it's Spain. But this was the reaction of fans. I believe at a um, Mariah can't no Beyonce concert. I think it was a Beyonce concert, and it came across my Twitter feed. You get some cute chick, and I guess her gay taller boyfriend. And it's like, Jesus has arrived. She shows up. And multiple people, they need to fan themselves. They're instantly, they're just in tears. They're crying. They can't believe the sight. They can't believe that an actual human being that they pay tickets for is going to take the stage and sing them songs that they like for a lot of money. This is this is as if you walked into a machine and now your, your injuries are going to be healed. Jesus has taken the stage and the blind can see. My baby is healed. And the point I, 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 I take out of seeing videos like this is not everyone should be allowed to vote. Not, I, 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 I was mistaken. You know, I once read this, uh, this book. Uh, I actually didn't read the book. I read the summary of the book about selectorate theory. And that essentially there was a line from uh, Lenny Bruce who uh, comedy, I don't understand, it predates me. God bless his war on free speech, and uh, I'm sure in its time it was uh, incredible, hip, funny. But he had a line that uh, individually every audience member is dumb, but as a collective, they're brilliant. Don't even know if I agree with that. Don't even know if I have the quote right. But it does lead to a point. Selectorate theory is essentially government is forced to, the, 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 the larger amount of people who are allowed to vote the more goods need to actually be returned to that group of people. And so the larger the voting pool, the more democratic and representative government is because they have more people that they have to bribe. The smaller the group of people are that get to pick a leader, the smaller amount of people that need to be bribed. So like, let's say you live in a country with a bunch of oligarchs and there's five people that have to select a leader. Then if you're the leader, you just have to reward goods to five people. And those five people they end up uh, taking a lot of wealth out of society. If you got a system where everyone can vote, so even if you have to return goods and services to the wider voting pool, such as the free college, the this or the that, and now you might say, well, you're robbing the public purse, you're robbing the future generations, and I agree with all that, but I guess you could put the limitations of not borrowing from future generations. The point just being, the wider the group of people that vote for you are, the more goods and services actually get returned to those groups of people because the entire game of politics is kind of bribing other people with goods and services that you can be in power. And so if there's less people, then there's less of a distribution. And so you can make an argument that dumbasses can at least vote for their own self-interest 
And so if we were to box them out of voting, like let's say we said that women couldn't vote and only men could vote. Well, then you would end up with systems in place that valued men at the expense of women because politicians only need to vote for men. Now, you might say, well, my wife's at home and she's bitching and moaning. She's nagging at me. So I'm going to vote in the interest of my wife as well. But you probably won't because all life is secretly leverage. And if everyone's wives were actually stuck in their marriages, we could all be contently less nice to our wives. Not that I have one, not that that's the way I operate. I'm a religious man of spiritual principles who would love nothing more than to be in a wholesome relationship where I had to be overwhelmingly nice to have. You're missing the point if you thought that I was trying to advocate for being mean to your wife. You're missing the point of the way that I'm predicting human behavior and incentives here and describing how voting groups, but then, all right, just to make a point, because I'm meandering here, and it sounds like I'm become, I'm coming off as anti-women, which was not the point I was trying to make, is that I see people that are this stupid, and you're just like, yeah, you guys shouldn't be making decisions about anything. I mean, if this is the way that you're reacting to someone taking the stage at a concert, I mean, I've taken a lot of drugs at concerts and seen people I really liked. I never reacted like this. Or maybe that's my own autism. I just don't have enough love in my heart for things that I actually like. Uh, oh, that's the episode. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you enjoyed. Studio improvements will be coming. I got a, I got a board. We're going to be able to change scenes throughout the entire episode. We're going to get more camera angles going. We're going to balance out the lights so you don't, you don't get that glowy thing right behind me. Oh, that's the toilet I was talking about. Look at that. I wasn't lying. I actually have a toilet right underneath the chandelier so that I can I can feel like Donald Trump and look at glistening lights. Wait, you can't do that. You, you ruin the illusion if you do that. I can look at glistening lights. Uh, that's our episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, this Saturday, Jacksonville, come out. Summer Porch Tour. Hop a flight. It's easy to commute to Jacksonville, wherever the fuck you are. It's the grand opening of Summer Porch Tour. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, more dates probably coming out later this afternoon. Feeling good? Moved six tickets for Jacksonville. So things are coming up in the world. There's no reason to hesitate on buying flights and traveling the country to throw parties from people's backyards. Uh, no, dude, porch store, baby. We've done 100 people in backyards. I think the record might be 110, 130. Uh, and more dates coming soon. So come hang out. And uh, that's the episode. We're done here. Thank you for hanging out. Have a great day. Share it with your friends.